Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Drew Taylor. Yeah, something completely different this week. Um, different perspective. I know we normally go down like the the, the musical route, Shane. Um, but for anybody uh, who wants to see the visual, this was episode 63 or 62? 63. Wow, they're all blurring now. So yeah, this was episode 63 available on YouTube. And what a fantastic guy he was, Shane. Lovely guy, but absolutely lovely guy. Um, thick Welsh accent. A lot of people were saying they needed subtitles. There's three Welsh men on, on the podcast, but um, it was an interesting insight, but it's a brave uh, profession to go into and to hear, you know, what he goes through, um, standing up in front of people, trying to make them laugh. Um, nothing but respect there. Um, wish him all the best. Uh, if you watch the episode uh, and listen to it, he is performing in Swansea soon. Um, shall we get into it? Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast podcast should we have a guest i'm really looking forward to tonight's guest it's going to be completely different before we do let's see the man in action first we're going to finish shortly but um if you could just bear with me a moment so... <laughs> This is uh, the Welsh flag. <laughs> you may or may not know Wales didn't become a country until 1952. This flag didn't appear until 1959. But by that point, a lot of ideas to go off, a lot of flags in existence, and a flag actually represents what a country's all about. For example, the French flag, the tricolour, represents liberty, fraternity, and being rude. Um, <laughs> The Swedish flag, the blue with the gold cross, represents the ocean. I, I don't know, butter or something, possibly. It's hard to tell sometimes. But when Wales pitched their flag, they said, right, Wales, got your flag ready? Say, so, yeah, we're going to have green for the green, green grass. <laughs> OK, good start. I like it. Um, anything else? Yeah, white for the sky. <laughs> so, a bit boring, Wales. Anything else? Yeah, we can have red. Red, white, green. It's a bit like Italy. It's a bit like Hungary. Oh, no, no, the, the red's not going to be a stripe. Okay, interesting. What's it going to be, then? Well, nothing too over the top. <laughs> Just a big fuck-off dragon? <laughs> Oh, what? Yeah, just, just a big dragon. <laughs> right, Wales, there's 34 countries with animals on their flag, but they're all real. <laughs> Please, can we have a dragon on our flag? <laughs> the only thing we could think of was a big picture of Tom Jones. <laughs> all right, Wales, can I have a dragon on your flag? You better promise. He's not doing some stupid pose <laughs> that makes it look like he's saying, talk to the hands. <laughs> because the Welsh flag, you know, his face controversies at the Rio Olympics two years ago, back at the Beijing Olympics, 
the Welsh dragon was actually banned by China. And what that meant was, every time a Welsh athlete won a medal, they couldn't show the flag off. Now think about that for a moment. All those years of training, hours of hard work and determination, every time a Welsh athlete won a medal, they couldn't show the flag off. It turns out it wasn't that much of a problem. Um, <laughs> it's a principle, isn't it? But at the end of the day, the ironic thing about this flag, made in China. <laughs> Here we go, Crow family. Please welcome stand-up comedian, Mr. Funny Man, Mr. Drew Taylor. Hello. Hello. How's it going, boys? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, how's it going, bud? Yeah, very good. I'm feeling a bit, um, I'm feeling a bit sort of, uh, and 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 my my bedroom is a bit underdressed. I didn't get the memo about having all the rock memorabilia up and the records <laughs> and the and things. I just stuck here with my sort of my B and Q wardrobes and a, a load of uh, gay board games on the top and a, a broken electronic chessboard that I've got. <laughs> it's just it's just quite a quite a sad story behind that chessboard as well. I um I got bought bought it when I was about nine by my parents. I was that that kid in school who was always into chess and uh, I couldn't beat it on 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 level one. You know, an inanimate object taught me some valuable life lessons from a from a young age. But um the batteries run out one night. I thought, oh, I'll fix this. No, I'll just plug my electric charger into it. I will. Uh, I'll get it going, and then I started sort of driving, driving around the room, and I blew up. It did blew up in uh, in uh, sort of one go. So the one fell swoop, I destroyed my chessboard, which begs the question: Why I've kept it for twenty five years and it's still on top of my wardrobe? Really, you know, <laughs> I, I moved out four times, like. But <laughs> uh, you can't throw it away, bud. Uh, class, bud. No, I'm not into chess. I'm into drafts. Me, it's easier, isn't it? You don't have to remember what all the positions are and the names of stuff. Yeah, and it's something um, you can you can just jump over people. Kind of, is it Cronin? Cronin? Is it draft, draft? Is that Cronin? That's it, When you double up and you're twice as good, something like that, isn't it? This is such a different game, is this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the days of doubling up to be twice as good are long gone, I think, boys. But, uh, <laughs> but it was, it, I was enjoying being backstage and listening to you have a chat. I, I've never heard two Welshmen so enthusiastic about a nil-nil draw with Albania in my oh, life. It, it was up. It was beautiful. It shows the I effect know. lockdown have had on all of us, doesn't it? I know, I know, I know. If that was in a normal world, we would have been like, fuck, what was going on there? And why, you know what I mean? That's why I said to Shane, we're not going to be too hard on the on the selection and the way we played against Albania. Nothing nothing wrong with Albania. I'm, I, I suppose it's really nice out there. Um, but they haven't got a football team, and neither have we, obviously, at the moment, because we couldn't we couldn't even get it over the halfway line at one point, could we, Shane? No, no. But I think I think I saw um David Owens from Wales online post that pre twenty sixteen Wales lost three nil and drew nil nil, and pre twenty twenty one they've lost three nil and and drew nil nil. So <laughs> who knows? We could be totally outplayed by Portugal before we know it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, art art of deception it was Drew. Um, let them think we're shit, and when we turn up, everyone's like, "Dude, yeah. there they are." Like you said in your video, there's that country with the red dragon man. That's the ones. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great, but it, the atmosphere was brilliant. It was just, it was so weird. Um, yet again, to be around people and to, to interact with people. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was bizarre. Like, you know, so have you been out and about now? And 
Yeah, I tried to. I tried to do what I can. I, I went for a, a bit ambitious. I went for a meal. I think when we, things first opened back up in April, but um, we ended up just sat in the in the in the in the restaurant's car park. You know, so it wasn't quite as wasn't quite the sort of uh, the ambiance I, I was hoping for, really. But we are we are allowed indoors now with things, aren't we? So it's been quite nice. Been a couple of meals. Been to the pub once or twice. It's been nice. I'm not I'm not a fan of being sort of rooted to your seat and having to have things brought to you. I, I, I prefer sort of you know the little walk back before the bar and stuff because. You just sat down all the time. It's, it's too easy just to get a bit uh, settled in and carried away, isn't it? When you just sat yeah, there, sort yeah. of waiting for your next your next beverage. But um, live gigs are coming back as well, which is nice. Um, indoors too. Like I've done a few outdoor gigs during. But that maybe that period when things sort of relaxed a little bit with the eat out to help out campaign and that sort of yeah. thing. Did a few outdoor gigs then, and I know for you boys, a lot of your stuff is outdoors. You know, festivals and that sort of thing. But with comedy, it's 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 like a, it's like playing football on the beach with a plastic. Plastic football, like it's just we never, you don't know what's going on. Are they laughing at the back, and you just got to carry on going? They're probably not laughing at the back, but then you sort of kid yourself they are, you know. But um, outdoor gigs are nice, but nothing beats, you know. A good, I think like, like um, hot water that was on the video you showed. Nothing beats a, a sort of purpose-built comedy club indoor venue like that for for comedy. This is what you need, really. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get into it, bud? Was this something you always wanted to do as a kid, or was this something later on in life, or? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, as as a child, I was always really fascinated by comedy, and I used to, like, um, love watching Rick Mail on TV and, and, and sort of um, Reeves and Mortimer and, and things like that, and um, Harry Hill as well. I just found him sort of uh, just, just ridiculously funny. He's so repetitive, the things he would do with a, a Harry Hill show he had on, on Channel 4 when I was about 10 or 11. But I used to, I used to be quite a keen swimmer up until I was about 8 or 9, and then the swimming club I was in, I was was into the sort of the, the the B squad then, and it was like right training starts at half past eight on a Friday. I can't do that. I bought them and and shooting starts is on telly. I got I got to go home and watch that. Like so, I I dropped out of the swimming club because I, I would rather have watched Rick Mail and and, and Vic Reeves and Bob Morton on TV. And obviously pre um pre pre Sky Plus sort of days when we got, I had to sit down on time and watch things on time. The thing was on demand. But yeah, I always took a massive interest in comedy and um, I sort of enjoy making my friends laugh and sort of you know making the boys laugh and stuff. Um, but then I thought, I, I want to give this a go. And it was uh, a Welsh Unsigned Stand-Up Award. It's a competition that still runs now. And I, I entered that and I thought, well, I'll enter this now. I'll win it. I'll be on Live Apollo next month. And, uh, you know, away, away to go. Like, um, I bombed out in the first round. They barely got a laugh. You know, it was absolutely, absolutely awful. But it, it really sort of hooked me in. And they said, look, go away and, and get some experience. That's all you need. You just, you, just, you just knew at the end of the day. So I think about, about 700 gigs later over the last four or five years and I'm sort of uh, here I am now like so when they say like go away and what, what, what do you do what, no, well he said he said he said yeah. a bit more than that he didn't just say go go away yeah. <laughs> what, what what do you do to because I get what you mean it's like work on your set work on like um I suppose how you how you compose it all together like you know um but how would you do that do you do you, how would you research it do you just research more co- comics or do you just do you write well, a lot of there, there, there is a merit in you know plonking yourself down in front of Netflix and watching some of the best stand-ups in the world doing the you know the, the, the hour shows and stuff that is beneficial because it gives you a bit of an insight it's like like musical influences and stuff isn't it and listening to sort of you know top musicians or people maybe 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 music you don't normally listen to you know it gives, sort of expands your mind a bit but mm-hmm. it's quite a, a quite a grassroots scene in comedy and like with that competition I sort of it opened my eyes to how good these sort of amateur acts were. And it's more going on with comedy than perhaps people realise. Like a lot of people think comedy in Wales is, is, is the glee club and that's pretty much it. And then 
you know, watch Life of the Apollo now and again on, on BBC One when it comes on. But there's, there's quite a strong sort of grassroots scene in Wales and, and sort of the southwest and and then, you know, pro-level sort of gigs as well, the running Wales and southwest of England especially and then and all over the country. So I just went then from, from doing that sort of competition to trying to get on open mics and I would just turn up the music open mics and some things you'd be told, oh, no, sorry, it's, it's music only, sorry. You can't do you can't do your comedy, but sometimes people would let me get up, and the audience wouldn't know what I wasn't doing Ed Sheeran covers, and the audience would be confused by that. But um, I found it was if I could make this audience expecting some some Ed Sheeran or some um, sort of Jack Pignati covers or something, if I could make them laugh, I was I was going in the right direction. Like so, I just I, I hate the phrase "cut my teeth." It's a horrible phrase. Like I sort of cut my cut my teeth doing that at first, and then I started doing gigs in Devon for £15 and things like that. You know, it sort of costed me 20, 30 quid, but it's just a path you've got to tread. If all, I mean, you boys know yourself, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to lose quite a lot of pepper money before you start getting anywhere, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, Shane will say the same. When any band starts out, you, you, you're paying to play, as they say, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're happy to turn up and play to five, ten people. Because you know that if something goes down or something happens, you you get that bigger step up, the bigger step up again. Or and yet again, like you know, like the other comics might have said to you in the band world, they they might say to us, "Oh, you know, boys, you should do this," or maybe shorten that. Or there's there's always critique or help along the way. I I think like you know, is that how like the community works in the the comedy world as well? Is it like um, oh, that part of the set was brilliant, or maybe yeah, yeah, you do get that, you do get a lot of that. But there's, I think. You know, opinions are like um, are like assholes a bit. Do you know what I mean <laughs> everyone's got one, and uh, sometimes they stink, stink a little bit. Like, but if people are quick to give their the opinions, but I always think, you know, if it's someone who's where I want to be, or someone who's who's doing the sort of gigs I want to be doing, or someone who's been going longer than me, I think, yeah, I, I listen to what you've got to say because they've sort of done it and they they're doing that sort of um, you know, sort of that further ahead or further up the ladder than me. But yeah, you will, and you you make friends on the scene like you do with with the music scene, I'm sure, and people will give you a sort of kind word here and there. Oh, I love that new bit, or oh, that's great, or I'll try that, try, try rewording it this way. And, and people are quite sort of um, open to helping out. They don't sort of keep things to themselves, or like, oh, I won't help you now because I don't want you to progress. I don't want you to do well. You know, it, it can be it can be a bit competitive sometimes. But people can be pretty pretty open and helpful, and sort of is it is quite a good community, especially in Wales as well. It's quite a strong community among sort of the blacks who are at the same sort of level as me. Do you suffer with nerves and stuff, bud, or, or like it, starting off? It, it depends, really. Like, I, I was pretty nervous tonight when I was sat backstage waiting for you. I had to sort of, uh, had to neck a couple of rennies, and I got, I got, a, got a cup of herbal tea on this side, and I got a, a glass of water on this side, just, just in case I can't decide how I want to sort of wet my whistle. But it, it depends, really. It's, if, it's, if it's like if I'm doing a tryout spot at a big, big weekend club, you know, and I'll be backstage, I think, I'm only doing 10 minutes, but it's got to go well. I know someone's riding on it. But I could be doing half a hour, you know, somewhere else, and I'm the headline actor or whatever, or the closing act. And it's, it's like a it's like a doddle. And it's, it's very strange, really, how your brain can sort of put this pressure on yourself. And really, yeah. it's, 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 it's just on, done on you, really. It's, it's a light, a microphone on a stage, and hopefully an audience who are, who are keen to see you. But I think sometimes as well, it's, if you're somewhere with quite a big sort of club or whatever, you're, you're a fantastic comedian until you prove you're not in the audience's mind. So it's it's, yeah. it's there in front of you. As long as you get up and do your stuff, they, they love you. Like, you know, it's, they think you're brilliant. It's, you, you've got to prove them wrong in, in, in that sort of way, really. But yeah, nerves do kick in. All depends what's riding on the gig, I suppose. And not so much financially or anything like that. Just, oh, it's my chance now to progress a bit. And it's, 
it's silly to do it really, but it's it's, it's, it's natural, I suppose. What what do you prefer? Because I mean, like, I'm thinking if you've got ten minutes of material, right, it's got to be the best ten minutes. Or do you, would you prefer a longer set so that they get the whole character behind you? It's not just telling jokes. You know what I mean? Your character. I suppose the longer the set, you get your personality across. I suppose. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it, it's it, different comedy. It's a different sort of tiers as well like you start off doing five minutes five minutes are the standard time you start doing and then you go on to 10 minutes and then 20 minutes maybe 15 minutes you might get some places but 20 minutes is sort of the like, club standard set if you're the headline act you might be doing 30 but 20 minutes is typically like sort of a club set so that gives you a chance to get up warm yourself up to the audience it's like oh i like him he's good and then you can yeah, yeah. you can take up you can get build a trust a bit and then go off in some different directions and you know, you might keep your sort of more risque jokes or more sort of taboo. But for the middle one, they already like you and you, you, you reel them in a bit. Yeah, yeah. But then a tryout spot in a big club will be five minutes. So you, you go back to like, right, I'm doing, oh, you can barely get going when you're doing five minutes. But then beyond that, then you have a lot of like, um, there's a lot of arts and comedy festivals around the UK. And sort of the typical thing there is an hour, an hour show, and you have an hour to yourself. And you might share it with somebody else doing half hour each or 320s. But typically, if you're sort of at that level, then you do an hour to yourself. And that's when you can really. Sort of, you know, get a palette out and then be creative, and, and it might be a thematic story, it might just be 100 jokes in 60 minutes type of stuff. You can be really sort of playful and do what you want with that. Then, yeah, have you had any issues with um, like all comedians would have, but well, sometimes musicians too, hecklers and stuff? And yeah, you, you do get it. Um, it's not it's not what you expect, though. And it's, it's similarly, the comedians are not what people expect. Like, you get this thing, like, um, I think it might be, um. I think it's, I forget, it's Nutty Professor, maybe, with Eddie Murphy, and it's, it's, it's part of his comedy club, and people think it's just hecklers and the comedian just ripping into the audience, and it's a bit, a bit overblown Hollywood sort of myth, yeah, really. Yeah. You do get hecklers, but, like, as a, from a comedian's point of view, you won't get ripped into as an audience member unless you deserve it, really. You know, you can't just start ripping into people because the audience might turn on you, but you do get hecklers. Typically, they're either drunk um, dare I say stupid or they wish they were a comedian themselves that's, that's yeah. they want to be part of the show and you often get people who heckle and chirp and then afterwards they say oh I was I was helping out them when I, I, I was, I was saying, I'm getting yeah. something to work with you know it's like somebody coming up to you and knocking your drumstick out your hand and being like I was trying to give you something to work with it's like it don't it don't really work like that but similarly you can't just go sort of both barrels you've got to jab them a bit and then they might back off and if they keep on you jab them a bit more and once the old room is turned on and then you can give them even more for then like um yeah. Gary Delaney you've probably seen him on uh, like the Apollo and Mock the Week and stuff he said like all comedians do it you write a stock a stock 10 sort of put downs from scale 1 to 10 you know 1 being your little tickle and 10 being your absolutely nail them like I, I'm too lazy for that I've got 5 5 is <laughs> weird I draw the line you know why, why do why do 10 when you can have 5 in it but yeah so you just see stock put downs and it, it's so, so natural and comes off a cup like you know but it's they there in the back pocket for when you need them and the nice thing is the person who said it, um, as I say, is normally drunk or a bit, uh, bit tough, as we say uh, in South Wales. But also, you've got a microphone, you know, so you're always, always on the winning, winning sort of side. There, if you want to be a good tackler, bring your own application system. Yeah. You, you said it, but there, Drew. I'm so intrigued by it. But is, is that, is that the way it works? Like pen to paper? So you said, oh, like you know, I know you said five or ten, like um, heckles back or whatever. Is that what it's like with other jokes? And you work out what works where. Um, in different regions, or yeah. the timing of something, or and you can normally pick out. Like you said, it's not always that that movie thing of people going, "Ooh, 
or you can just tell like you might you might not have kind of put it over right and then you go all right i'll i'll go home and i'll do something else for there or i'll is that is that how it is it's, it's just it interests me how you build it like a like we would a set list like a show yeah. Um, yeah. We work out what, what we start with, what's the middle, and then are we gonna are we gonna end it? How are people gonna remember us? Like, is that the same for a comedian? Or yeah, it, it, it pretty much is. You know, some comedians do sort of throw caution to the wind a bit, and they are a bit more loose in what they do, and they try and be a bit more sort of you know ripping on things. But a lot of comedians do have a set, especially a club set. If they do anything, they'll be best stuff on the weekend, and they will go opening joke, next joke, next joke, next joke, and they might play around a bit for their, for their own yeah. personal sort of uh, interest because they can. Otherwise, you can get a bit dead behind the eyes, you know, seeing this sort of jokes night after night. But yeah, it is. It's building up a set. And, you know, I, I try and keep, like, I, I perform majoritively in England, really. So there's a lot of miles on, on my clock. And um, I don't, don't tell I don't tell my car, and she would always say, I say, I only do 2,000 miles a year. But um, I um, I sort of, I try and keep a Welshness in what, I, in what I'm doing, you know, naturally, with the sort of, you know, the, the prop with the flag. Like, but I try and keep a Welshness in what I'm doing. But to the point where it's totally accessible for English audiences as well. Like, they know, there's no doubt that you're Welsh, but they, they, if they get what you're saying as well, there's none of this sort of all oh, back down in Aberdeer. What was they going with Aberdeer? You know, so like, it's, it's, it is about kind of what works and what audiences like. But when you're Mickey Flanagan or when you're um, Jack White Doll or um, you know one of the big sort of stadium comics, the room is full of your you your fans. Yeah. Um. And and you sort of on on a sort of a positive sort of wave there already. But when you're performing to a room full of comedy fans, you've got to try and be broad and appeal to everyone. And it, it can be quite hard, really, doing that. Mm. Um. But yeah, you do. You sort of work out what works and stuff. And this, oh, that didn't work. And you might drop a certain word in which you didn't mean it, but as a word that triggers people a bit, and then oh, they they be turned off by that and stuff. So you're trying to yeah, it's trying. It's um. It's very sort of uh, to do with the wordplay and like the sounds of words and the intonation of words and oh, that word's funny because yeah, it's got more syllables and stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. it's quite interesting, really. But the only way to get that feedback is to get up on stage and try that new bit and and see if it works. But I bet it's the same way with a new track. You know, it's nothing better than using it's a new bit now and then it goes well. It gets a laugh. Like no, you're absolutely right because there's different ways of saying things, obviously. But um, when you're writing and when I'm penning lyrics and stuff, you know. Sometimes, like, we don't tend to say I love you in a song, but sometimes the best thing to describe I love you is by saying I love you, but you've got to find other ways yeah. to say I love you. So it's, I, I get totally what you're saying. Um, like, your material now, coming from Wales then, is it is it all experience? Is it... Um, yeah, yeah, it, it is mainly. I think, you know, some people write fantastic one-liners. Some people, yeah. like Noel James, the Welsh comic, Um no, well, he's on Britain's Got Talent, and I'm sure you and not Britain's Got Talent uh, to the demographic audience, boys. But he's on Britain's Got Talent a couple of years ago, and he did crack, he did really well in it. But he does these fantastic puns, and he does like Welsh language comedy, and he does fantastic puns in Welsh as well that wouldn't work in English because it's purely for Welsh language. But like for me, it's just easy writing about yourself because it's yeah. you know it's just such an easy reference point, and and within reason then as well. It's unlikely that somebody's done that bit of material, that joke before, because it's it's about you and it's. Yeah. It's sort of you know it's personal and I quite like storytelling comics. I quite like sort of um, more long form sort of stories and you throw in funny bits as you go along so keep people's interest and that seems to work for me. Like initially I used to sort of try and do oh, well, what what would people like? What what would make people laugh? You know, and you you get you realise soon that, that that's 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 not going to work because you've got to bring to the stage what you think is funny 
and hopefully that then they'll get on board with that. And it's it's about sort of um every comedian is a character act. It's it's an yeah. exaggeration of yourself. You know, you have character acts who are sort of characters on stage, but everyone is a plainer, a sort of silly version of themselves or a heightened version of themselves. But I do get some things in 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 England. People say, oh, you, oh, you are really Welsh. You was like, yeah, I'm not just getting up on stage and doing a, a xenophobic routine with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a funny accent, you know. But um. Yeah, it's, it's about sort of finding your voice is sort of the cliche term and something just clicks and you think, oh, this is me now and what I'm saying is it sounds like me saying it, even though it's a joke or it's a made-up story, it sounds like it's coming from you and then the audience, you've got on them. They, they sort of, it's all about being, um, telling yourself and being sort of uh, genuine and believable, you know? Yeah, yeah. So who are your sort of go-to comics, you know, the ones you kind of look at and go, they do it for you, like... Well, it's, it's the same again, like I said, these different levels and different tiers, you know, like in, in terms of so your Netflix comic, your Netflix sort of comics, if that's a, a sort of way we could describe them. I, I love um, John Mulaney. I've got into him, a lot, into him a lot over the last couple of years. And he, he sort of taught me a, a, a viable lesson. Like I saw him a couple of times. I thought, oh, he doesn't look funny at all. I like the look of him, which is ridiculous, really. He looks like sort of Michael McIntyre's 12-year-old son. He dresses in a suit and he's, he's very young looking, even though he's probably about three or four years older than me. But he's absolutely hilarious. He's a fantastic storyteller. He's a brilliant American comic. So I enjoy watching him and listening to his. I've been getting listening to like sort of um, audio, audio sort of albums as well. That's been quite good. Dave Chappelle is another one in those sort of Netflix yeah. comic. Yeah, I think yeah. He's, he's he's sort of you know the, the goat in my opinion. He's just such a oh, fantastic, man, yeah. fantastic storyteller, fantastic joke writer. But like obviously, like, like when I'm gigging on the sort of UK scene as well, I see all these fantastic comics who, you know. So the Glee Club level acts. People think, oh, I had a great time tonight. Oh, I can't remember them, their names. Oh, I just got this bloke. Or oh, there was a, a girl from Sweden. They're all these fantastic comics. And it's a pleasure, really, going on the country. And I don't just get to perform comedy. I get to watch fantastic comedy as well. And my favourite thing is, like, being the smallest fish in, in the green room. You know, you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to have a good night now. I'm going to enjoy myself. But I'm going to really enjoy watching these guys as well. And, and that's how you learn, you know. Not in a sort of yeah. copying or borrowing jokes. That's not a thing. It's just a thing of... If you want to get better, you've got to be around the best sort of acts and stuff. And there's so many good acts on on the British scene. Like Barbara Nice um, is one of my favourites on on the British scene. She's a character act. Um, if any of you are fans of, of Phoenix Knights, that's where she sort of started on on, on TV. Because Peter Kay, um, when he put Phoenix Knights together, he just collected all his favourite stand-ups from the northwest and gave them the parts rather than to actors. And she played the barmaid in the bar, but she just plays this fantastic character act on Britain's Got Talent as well uh, about two or three years ago. But she's just absolute riot. She doesn't swear. She just gets everyone up dancing. She crowd surfs. She's absolutely brilliant, you know. She and she certainly she's yeah, she's wonderful. She's like um that's yeah, she yeah, um, one of the boys said in the chat now, Mary, Mary from uh from uh, Phoenix Nice. But yeah, she if you ever get a chance to see Barbara Nice, get her to see her. she's absolutely she's like, it's like a party, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We nice. we're the same man, I mean we can relate it to music where we we, we said it not so long ago, didn't we, Shane? The 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 more experienced bands, it's not like you have to say bigger bands or whatever, but the more experienced yeah. bands who have done more tours, uh, you're gonna learn more from them. You're gonna you're gonna know how they they present themselves, how they set up, what's their crew like, what's do you know what I mean? What's their mannerisms like? So you can learn. You, there's just so much you can learn from somebody who's got that experience. So I get it. We we'll always relate it back to music because it's what we do. But there's always a a sense of a same road where any artist, um, yeah. there's a similarity, you know what I mean? Especially like you said, you're up and down the country, you're all doing sets, you've all got, you know what I mean? The, the, the billing, 
um, and you and you're looking to to claim that bill, like you know, and get and get the best reaction possible, like you know. So, yeah, definitely, and like, there's a lot of crossover with music, and and like you say, any creative industry really. But it is about sort of just you know surrounding yourself by the best people and and learning from from those who do things well, and sometimes learning from those who don't things who don't think don't do things so well too. You know, it's it's nice yeah. to learn from other people's mistakes rather than making them yourself. But um. Nice, nice. It's really nice now to see sort of comedy coming back. I, um, my first gig back was back in uh, not in Norwich uh, last weekend, and uh, it was a six hundred mile round trip. Um, it's a little little bit ambitious really for the first gig back, but it was just lovely being back on. I don't want to say on the road because I make it sound like I, I like Willie Nelson. I don't don't come on for six months or whatever. <laughs> it's not quite like that. Um, but you know, you know, it's like you've done this yourself. You think right? I'm going to go up there now. I'm going to only eat the only able sandwiches, and I'm going to drive as slow as I can so the diesel lasts as long as possible and then I'm going to stay in the cheapest hotel I can find. I stayed in a hotel called um, the Cathedral Hotel. Um, most misleading name you could ever, ever imagine. For it. And I think Cathedral, like, about it really. But um, finally got into my room with the concierge. You know, it was the biggest room in the hotel. The room was probably <laughs> downstairs of a, of a terrace house. Uh, it had a breakfast bar in there, seven bar stools, a chest freezer, a big American fridge freezer, one television, nine remote controls, and with the door barely shut, and I was on the ground floor as well. So I, I slept all night with my bag hidden under the bed, and so I hid all my stuff away so nobody would find it. And it was always a good good night's sleep when you, when you have to hide your stuff under the bed when you're in your sleep. <laughs> Class. No, we've, we've done that. We, yeah. We've been in some bad places, haven't we? Jesus. Oh, man, honestly. Yeah. And they look great on TripAdvisor, don't they? When yeah. you're looking at the apps and stuff like that, you're like, Christ, we've got a bargain tonight, but there's always a reason yeah. why you've got a bargain. Jesus. Oh, yeah, definitely. They yeah. said, oh, we, we're under renovation. We are, sorry. Renovation. It was, it was, it was, it was horrendous. But uh, if anyone is going to Norwich, check into the Cathedral Hotel. I'm sure you'll have a, a fantastic, fantastic day when you're in. <laughs> Any tips where do I do stuff, but <laughs> and and right in the middle under the bed as far so as far as you can so you go all the way to reach it. But yeah, it was it was bizarre. How was that all? Because we um somewhere through the the wackiness of like all the lockdowns, we um I don't know. I think it was like when we did a video once, we managed to get on the road and um we all drove separately and stuff. But even that was just bizarre. Leaving leaving like we're from Bridgen, so we were leaving yeah. Bridgen, going over the bridge. And it was just like, wow, you know what I mean? Because it it'd been months since we'd we we'd been active. It was just even that that drive was sensory, like you know, you fucking yeah. you're looking at everything out the window. Oh, look at that, you know. So I, I definitely, like, sort of maybe Norwich sort of took a bit of the sting out of the drive because it was so far and it was such a long journey. But back in August, when I did um one of the outdoor gigs I mentioned earlier, I think it was. Cheltenham, which is a yeah. nice little sort of hour and a half run. And quite a, a common thing amongst, I think it's a bit of a Welsh act thing, is that uh, Diet Coke and two double cheeseburgers from McDonald's on the way home. Quite a few acts sort of uh, have that as a staple post-gig gig meal. And it's good because you can really tuck into that when you drive it. I don't really say that. You can get into it when you're driving as well. I'm going to go chips flying over the car. You can just enjoy that. But the sun was setting. It was August. And I thought, oh, it's lovely. It's you know, just, just a nice hour and a half in the car. You can... Not fully switch off, but you know, relax a bit, and yeah, I I, I miss that side of it as well. So it's it's all of it for me, really. The packing your bag, the driver, the, the being around the city for the day before you gig and stuff is so part of the experience and the fun. And I've definitely missed that over the last 12, 14 months. 
like, a lot of people have been doing online stand-up shows and things like like something I guess a, a podcast a streaming cash is great you know but for me like I, I've done I stayed away from them majority because it's just not the same there's not a live audience like I don't know if we've done any live performances but it's as, as, as we would agree like it's it's just not you need that feedback and the, the audience being there live with you and it's very nice to be able to sort of do that again now finally oh, yeah I suppose you, you're bound as a comedian if some if a joke goes well you can push it a bit more you know you're, you're almost, almost as good as your last joke you know you, you, you're yeah. setting up what the crowd um, want to hear I guess yeah it, it is that and it's the it's, it's sort of a, you live and die by it really it's sort of yeah. it goes well great that was all me you know but if it goes badly oh, that was that was all on me you know you can't sort of step back and play the bass a bit harder or sort of you know move, move over the drum it's, it's just you on stage a light the microphone and stuff and it's the best being in the world when it goes well but it's uh so exactly exact opposite when it doesn't have you ever been on stage where um you know you, you kind of your jokes you got your set kind of set out in your head but then you're thinking oh that joke didn't do what i wanted it to do so therefore i've got to take that one out now are you constantly thinking like, oh, you're just in the flow and just doing your set, or yeah? Initially, I I couldn't do that. It was very much like I had to write on my hand and make sure I sort of said every word. But now you you're saying stuff, and then you're thinking about what's coming next, and it's almost like as if like a DJ, you're playing the one record, and you get in the next yeah. record. Oh no, we didn't like our beat. I'm gonna put a different record on now and trust. I speed it up or slow it down a bit, you know, and I'm probably making it sound a little bit more artistic and metaphorical than what it really is, but, <laughs> but it is kind of like that, you know, sort of what, what track should I play next? What's, what's, oh, they like that, I'll do a bit more of that then, you know, but uh, sometimes no matter what, what songs you play, and they just, you just don't want to know really. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, it's what I said earlier, I respect it so much um, because we can hide behind our instruments. We always say mm. that, like, you know, Shane have said that. Yeah. Um, like, I play drums, so I'm behind there, making a racket, building a shed, and then the boys are there in the background with the, with the guitars. But you can always have an instrument, or you've got noise. Like you said, you've got mm. noise, you've got that. That is your distraction. But if you've got a, a room full of people standing or sitting there, and you were the guy who've just, hello, hi, that to me, that's like wow. That's for, you know what I mean. That's fair play because it's like, and then you can, you know, I've always said if three people can tell the same story, and one person tells it more animated, one, you know, and yeah, that other yeah. person, so the other two will tell a story in a minute, in sixty seconds. Oh yeah, my car broke down and that was it. Where the third person will say, well, my car broke down, but there's shit that happened around it, and all of a sudden that stretches to 10, 15 minutes, and yeah, then yeah. fall into it. Um, so that's why I think it's an art what you do because, you know, and like Shane said, if something's not going right, you, you're noting that in your head, but you're still carrying on what you've got crafted. Do you do you, do you kind of walk around the house? Do you, do you drive the, the family nuts or and your mates? Do you, do you work stuff off and bouncing stuff constantly off people or? Well, I, I recently got divorced, so I don't know if I'll answer the question. If I drive anyone nuts in the house, I don't know. <laughs> it's the cupboards, but it's the cupboards, isn't it? it? Is, yeah, just try to play, play, make a play out of my chest all the time. That was the problem. But um, no, you, I, I used to sort of, re, when you just something new, you've got to go over it and over it and, and sort of get the word in right and get the tempo and the, and the, the intonation, what you're saying, right? Because you don't want to get on stage and go, oh, oh I, sorry, that's a new bit. I can't remember it now because even that breaks the illusion. It's, it's all coming off the cuff and you're just telling these funny stories and the best comics, they don't, they're not telling jokes, they're not reciting lines, they, they're just speaking funny words and they're just taking the audience on a little journey with them. So, yeah, if it's something new, I'll, I'll practice it and, and, and run over it and on the way to the gig, I might 
be talking to myself in the car, you know, sort of going through it and stuff. And before shows, co- comics can be really antisocial and they just in the zone trying to get things right. After the show, they'd be great. They'll chat, they'll have a pint. But before the show, everyone's got their own sort of different ways of preparing. So, yeah, if it's something new, I'll, uh, I don't really try jokes out on people as such. I might now and again because it's like the context isn't there and you say it and I think, oh, I felt flat. It's like, well, yeah, because your, your nan didn't didn't laugh at that new joke you that new joke you sort of come up with you know whereas there's a room full of 100 people having a good time on a Saturday night it's going to be a bit different again but yeah I always sort of practice new material when I do and stuff but then it's that risk reward of trying a new bit and like I said it goes well like, oh, brilliant you know and then it sort of pushes you on and perhaps it's a bit of creative flow as well once you write one new bit you fancy you, you get in the zone and do a bit more then because you can get a bit stale when have the same jokes and you think oh I'm in a bit of a rut now but it works so you keep doing those same jokes because they work and then you've got to get out of that, right? Then maybe bring some new bits in. And I'm in that sort of uh, part of the cycle at the moment. Lockdown, I didn't write over lockdown. I don't know if you were very creative over lockdown, really, but I, I really took my foot off a gas, to be honest, because I, I like working to a deadline. You know, if there's you know, nothing to write on, nothing to sort of work for. Wow, oh. that's that's what Shane said. That's so <laughs> mad you just said that, Drew, because yeah. what did you say to, uh, to me, Shane, and the boys? You were like, I just need something to, to work towards. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. when he's out of the out of the traps. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Did you used to do your homework on a Sunday night, Shane? Oh, absolutely, but yeah, yeah, because that the pressure was there, you know, and it, yeah. it pops, pops, that's when you do your best work. Was all this sort of excuse, but I'm the same. But now things are opening back up. I've been writing a new show um, for Swansea Fringe now, and even that, like, it's about about 10, 15 minutes at the moment. There needs to be an hour or forty five to an hour by. Uh, there we are, and I am Swansea Finch. Um, it's, it's, that's not, it's not a reference to my terrible haircut either. That's, that's, the, name, say, yeah. that's the name of the festival. Swansea, where's their fringe? Like, ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, about 15 minutes is, is all I got at the moment. That's not till October, so hopefully, I'll uh, get together with them. But then I got a deadline to write to, and uh, it's, it's, it's fun doing some new stuff and, and, and pushing myself out. Have are you, you got a concept it... of, of the material or are you just waiting for that inspiration to... Well, I said I said earlier about, you know, sometimes people do thematic shows and stuff and sometimes people go down the route of the whole um, the Britain's Got Talent sob story with some of the... I watch, I, I'm not a fan of that, really, but sometimes people sort of... You don't want to be too clubby. I have a bit of fun with this. I just got a loose theme. Like, the show is called um, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. So it's just looking at all the stupid things people do, how we behave as humans, how we sort of mess things up ourselves all the time, how we just, you know, we just can't have nice things. We, we just, our own worst enemies across, you know, different countries, different different parts of life, and a little sort of insight into that, really. Brilliant. I'm, I'm laughing at the, 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 the bottom, um, yeah, the bottom review. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, I try to be quite, quite modest, really, and stuff. I'm not one for, like, He's wonderful, he's this, he's that, you know. But I've got a couple of sort of sort of good quotes on there. And the one at the bottom there, and I he's clearly just filled the room with his family and friends, the Sprout. Um, I don't know if the Sprout is still a publication anymore, but I, I did my first sort of festival show with a, a good sort of comic friend of mine, Stefan. And I, I, I think I, I did about 17 minutes in total, like as long as I'd ever done. And I felt great and it went well. But it was, it was in Cardiff, you know, naturally sort of friends and family came to watch and uh, we had a review and we were excited that a reviewer was in and we read it and they said oh they've, they've clearly just filled the room with their family and friends I thought well as, as far as student reviewers go it's pretty pretty spiteful like so I thought I'd pop it on there for a bit of balance really and obviously I still haven't got over it five years later naturally <laughs> <laughs> not bitter at all uh... 
watch you bet down in Swansea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's Saturday night that um, I, I've been. I think a few people have got quite. When I posted about it a couple of weeks ago, people were like, "Oh, that's amazing! Well done!" Because it's at the Swansea Grand Hotel, um, in one of the studio rooms. I'm not sure if people read that and and read Swansea Grand Theatre. I'm not sure if that's where they sort of misunderstood. <laughs> so it's, it's it's Swansea Grand Hotel, um, not the Swansea Grand Theatre, but it's yes, yeah, Saturday the twenty third of October. I think it's seven thirty. The show starts. So yeah, if you're free and you're in the area, or if anyone watching is 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 free or in the area and you. Not a fan of X Factor and all that rubbish. Pop out the most of my family in the heart of uh, Swansea. Yeah, we'll have to grow our fringe and get down there on. Get down to the Swansea fringe, yeah. Fringe going. <laughs> Class, uh, but this some this I'm looking at some of the venues you've done. You've done Jonglers, haven't you? You've done Football. I did. I was I was the uh, one of the last acts on in Cardiff Jonglers. The last weekend of Cardiff Jonglers being open. I was the the opening act that weekend. Um Jonglers went bust on the Monday then. Uh, so I don't, know if, I don't know if that's anything to do with me. Um, they didn't pay me either. The jongler oh. still owes me £100. Um, but I say, I say that sort of, you know, jovially. Jonglers owe some other acts thousands of pounds. So I, I got away lightly with it, I think. But yeah, you know, perhaps there's a correlation there. I performed it on the Saturday, bust on the Monday. He <laughs> uh. can only get better, bro. Uh, brilliant. Are you going to pick back up on the podcasting as well, Drew, or is that... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I think so. Like, we, we, we never set, me and Steph, I never set to do Tales from Wales podcast as sort of a um, a limited sort of series. It was an idea we were going to do a run of 10 or a series of 30. We did about 36 or 37 episodes, and we've had all different sort of guests. A bit like yourselves, really. We just Anyone who's Welsh and I had something to say, we've, we've had on, whether it was actors or poets or authors or fellow comedians and musicians, it's... It's really nice because the, the tales from Wales just a loose theme we could sort of work with because as long as they were Welsh and they had something to talk about, it was it was a tale from Wales sort of thing. Um, but I think lockdown made it hard. We did a couple of streaming ones like what you've done, um, and it's a bit of a sort of loose excuse really. But Stefan's internet wasn't very good. I don't know whether he's still got dial up or what, but um, it, it was laggy and it was hard to do, and we'd have to take it in turns to talk and, and sort of really manage around that but it's just sort of I think I think lockdown fatigue has set in a bit up, up until it sort of opened back up and it put on the back burner for now but I think it would have come back it's, we got a bit of a following and it's it was just fun to do really even if, if nobody listened we had great fun talking to all these interesting sort of uh, Welsh sort of popular culture contributors and we had a bit of a blast doing it so yeah I think if we could be down we'll bring it back definitely I definitely think you should. It, I, I heard a few. They're brilliant, but they're, they're absolutely brilliant. And you can tell, um, so that obviously works for you better anyway. You're more organic to be in a, in a room um, and have a chat properly. Like, you know, we, 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 we had to get used to this, didn't we, really, Shane? The, the whole pauses. That's why sometimes there's a slight pause in that because you, you are conscious of, it's a weird thing in it. You, you get the pause, but... When you're in a room, you don't have that difficult difficulty. You know when somebody's about to speak. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think the dynamic of it always was is just as if we were three or four people sat around a table in a pub, having having, having a pint and having a chat, and and the audience is just just listening in. What we're talking about, and it, it was nice. It worked well, and just the variation of guests. It, it was it was all about sort of just about them, like what you said. You know, it's about the guests, not so much the, the hosts and stuff. And without that person to person interaction, I just it's a bit more um, clinical and a bit more sort of not so organic and, and, and natural, you know. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is difficult. A lot of people have tried the, the the streaming vibe, and like I said, we we we've looked back on the the older ones of this, and you can see where we've had to try and and work out. Like for example, if you've stopped or and and you work out where you're going to take it, we're in a room. I just I think it's the Welshness. We just yabber anyway. Like just everybody <laughs> just fucking talks, don't we? And there's there's no problem in a pub. Just everybody's talking over each other, but then still talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah, oh, it's great, like, you know, but I suppose with everything starting to move now and it's something you can definitely look to bring back, like, you know? Yeah, I think I think streaming like this has got its, its, its benefits. We've had a couple of guests on who, who live hundreds of miles away and that's, that's great, you know, but yes. I guess yeah. on the corner and they're able to meet up and stuff, it's, it's all about better, really, and chance to get out of the house, yeah, I'm glad. Well, anyway, now, I, I even got knowledge, you know, to get out of the house these days, so it's, <laughs> any, anyway, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Class, uh, Drew, thank you so much for joining us. No tonight, problem, but, no problem. Um, and for all the Crow family, if you want to go and catch Drew, you can. As he said, he's at the Swansea Fringe um, on the Saturday, 23rd of October, 7.30. Go and catch him. Very funny guy. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my yeah, life. Thank you for having me, boys. I've had a blast. Thank you very much. Uh, you, but I'm uh, looking forward to meeting you properly as well. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. Um, are you going to take the podcast sort of uh, in person and live when things open back up, or are you just going to? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. We've talked about it on you. I think we're going to do exactly what you said. To be honest, now we know how to do it this way. Uh, we've got plans to move it face to face, um, so yeah. we can do follow ups, um, whether it be with yourself or the guests as well, so we can do catch ups. Um, we might have multiple. There's loads that we can we can kind of look to do, like so. Yeah, I'd uh, definitely come on as a, as a catch up, and possibly later in the year we'll have a little catch up and see how things have developed and um, see other hotels, other other lovely hotels I've been to in the meantime. Love it, love it. <laughs> thank you, boys. Thank Take you, Drew. Good luck for the shows you've got coming up as well. Ah, oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Take care, Take care bro. Cheers, bro. boys. Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!